Good morning. Um, so we are continuing our series on destructive lifestyles. And I am number five, faith. So basically what is a destructive lifestyle? It's a lifestyle which is an act of spiritual warfare. Where in our lives we see God arise, we lift God up. May God arise and may his enemies be scattered. May God arise this morning and may the enemy scatter. I'm in a dangerous place this morning because my heart is on fire. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> Do you know, just to run through the previous um, destructive lifestyles. So we have sacrifice. Move that back a wee bit. So sacrifice, um, then we went on to forgiveness, advance, and holiness. And number five, faith. Faith. You know, my dad used to say to me every time when I came out of an exam, he'd say, how did it go? And I used to say, oh, it was awful. <laughs> and daddy would say, Linda, I've got great faith in you. And inside I would go, no, please don't have faith in me, Daddy. Don't have faith in me because what if I let you down? What if I let you down? But God invites our faith. He invites our faith because he's a miracle-working, promise-keeping, way-making God. And he is not going to let us down. He's never going to let you down. So he invites our faith. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And it's faith that pleases God. Faith pleases God. And all the preceding destructive lifestyles, the holiness, the sacrifice, the advance, the forgiveness, all of it, it's all by faith. It's all by faith. What is faith? What is faith? Well, first of all, we have saving faith. By grace, we are saved through faith, Ephesians says, that is just the beginning. That is just the beginning, but we are called to live by faith. It is a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. Over the summer, we were privileged to go to this conference. And the only way I can describe this conference, it was just, it was just the most amazing atmosphere of faith. It was an atmosphere of faith. Now, David and I were the youngest ones there. Well, and the kids as well, probably were the youngest. Um, there was just a sea of, of grey hair, but it was full of people who had walked with God, people who knew God's ways, people who had proved him to be true to his word. And their lives were just speaking, believe God, believe God, have faith in God. And I'll never forget this, just, I think it was the last day of the conference, this little old lady was called up to pray with someone and up she hobbled on her walking stick. And I had known this lady years ago, we'd heard her speak um, through Listen It Ill, but this, hadn't seen her in years. And there she was, she came with her walking stick and she hobbled up to the front to pray with someone. And as she began to pray, I began to cry because I thought that is no little old lady. The roar that came out of her mouth, the confidence in her God, that is a woman who knows her God. 
a woman who has proved him over the years, because a woman who walks in that faith or a man will be strong, will do exploits. They who know their God will be strong and do exploits. And there was a woman who had done exploits, who had proved God to be faithful over the years. And I just want to say that's the kind of little old lady I want to be. <laughs> I want to be um, a woman of faith. And we are calling you to live a, a lifestyle of faith a destructive lifestyle because that's the sort of lifestyle that wrecks all around you in the mm -hmm. spiritual realm mm -hmm. and that's the little old lady that is satan's worst nightmare mm -hmm. you know a believer who actually believes god who mm -hmm. believes his promises do you know i stand over there worshiping and um the light from these two lights is scattering in i've never noticed it before but it scatters in the glass and all I could say as I'm standing worshiping over there is rainbows everywhere rainbows everywhere every promise every promise that he speaks is true and it's for us and he has a promise keeping God he's a faithful God and he will never let you down we can believe faith believes he is who he says he is way making promise keeping miracle working God Every promise is true and it's for us. Imagine a church full of believers who would just believe God, wrecking all around us. <laughs> so we can have faith for salvation and do you know what? We can, we can stop there. I was doing a little bit of a reflective retreat yesterday morning for a few hours and um, there was a question on the little worksheet that we're working through and it said what breaks your heart mm. and you know it actually surprised me what what came to mind first of all um, and it was actually um, what breaks my heart is whenever we enter we cross over and we are saved through faith but we stop there we stop there mm. and um, through I think it was a it's some of David Legg's website, I found this old story of um, the house that Grace built. The house that Grace built. It's a it's an old story written by um, a guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Someone done. Um, but he talks about this house that Grace built, and the key to the house. Um, on the key is faith. So the key to the house is faith. But in the story, there's all these believers that have crossed over and they're in the foyer. <laughs> They've crossed over, they're in, and they're, they're all standing about in the foyer and they're saved. But there's other houses, there's other, there's other places we can go with our faith. And the key that opens the door to the house that Grace built is the same key. It's the same key. It's the key of faith. So that's what, that's what breaks my heart, actually, is um, because we are called to so much more, is whenever we don't believe God for more, when we don't use our faith. Because that's sort of a, a Christian life, let's face that, it's, it's boring. 
it's boring it's a wrong representation of what it is to walk with God mm -hmm. because walking with God in faith is anything but boring mm -hmm. it's exciting scary exhilarating it stretches you it challenges you but it is anything but boring mm -hmm. and it is a privilege and we are called to live that way we are called to live by faith and when we don't we limit God there are really there are real implications to not believing God so this faith affects everything Every choice we make, how we spend our time, affects who we spend our time with. It affects our priorities, our speech, all of life. And it's living with an awareness of an unseen dimension every day. And I've been praying for each of you as I've prepared this. And my prayer has been, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts, open the eyes of their hearts. Because it starts um, with seeing the unseen, <laughs> seeing in our hearts, living with a God conscious, consciousness, practicing the presence of God, knowing that he is with us, because he says he is, knowing that he is with us. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open, open them this morning. Um, let's just go to Hebrews 11, 1. I'll have most of the scriptures up here, but you can go if you want. Hebrews 11, 1. What is faith? Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. It's a, it's a knowing. It's a knowing. An assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It's a knowing, an assurance, a believing. Believing something the eyes cannot see. That kind of living is different. It's not your average life. Let's face it, it's not your average life. Faith is a non-negotiable if we want to please God. You know, Jesus noticed people's faith. He notices your faith. What's the first thing you notice about a person? I notice their teeth and their smile still and probably always will. Christina notices their hair, whether it's a fade, what number it is. Um, some people look at the eyes and notice the eyes. What is it that you notice about a person? But it's clear that something that Jesus sees when he looks at a person, he sees the heart, he sees beyond the externals, but he sees the faith. He sees their faith. And if we think of the centurion in Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> and it's amazing. This sort of faith. Jesus really notices and values. Matthew chapter 8. It was about the centurion who'd come to Jesus. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home. He's paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, will I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus heard this, verse 10. It says he was amazed or he marveled. 
He marveled at his faith. And he said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Great faith. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, again, a lady, a Canaanite woman came and she begged Jesus to heal her daughter who was oppressed by a demon. Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Great is your faith. I've been, I want great faith. <laughs> I want great faith. And I've been praying that we will, as a church, we'll be a church of great faith, yeah. of great faith. Because that's faith. That's faith. It's faith sees stuff happening. Faith sees stuff happening. And faith pleases God. I want to please God. I want this church to please God. In fact, it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. Absolutely impossible. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek. You see, faith believes God. Faith says, I believe who you are who you say you are. And what you say is true. Faith is a believer believing. And we see from that verse, there is a connection between faith and believing. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder. So there's a connection between faith and believing. Faith believes God. And if you look back to the Greek, um, the word faith is actually pestis, and believing is pesteo, the same root word the same root word. They're very, very closely connected. So faith looks like believing. And what you believe, and I know this from my, my work, what you believe is extremely important because I know you've heard me say it before, but your beliefs leak out of you. You can't hide them. What you believe affects how you think, how you feel, and what you do. It affects your behavior. That's the basis to cognitive behavioral therapy. What you believe is extremely important. Our beliefs leak out of us and we can't hide them. Can't hide them. You really believe that your God is with you in every situation throughout your day? That will affect how you live. It will manifest. How we act and how we feel and what we believe. So it will leak out of us. So faith is actually, um, it's relevant um, to the emotion, our emotional life as well. It affects our emotions. And in, in Romans 15, 13, it actually says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, in believing. So if we believe, it affects our emotions. And we can see this as well in Acts 27, 25. I love this. I'm just going to have to go to it. Um, Acts 27. So yeah, there was a 
shipwreck <laughs> and a storm and verse 23 of 27 Paul says last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said do not be afraid because you must stand trial before Caesar God has graciously given you all the lives of all who sail with you so keep up your courage men for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So what was happening? There was a shipwreck. It was probably chaos. Paul was as happy as Larry because he believed God. He believed God. He knew it was going to be okay because he'd heard God. And he said, do not be afraid. I have faith in God, I believe God. So that kind of a belief in God, that sort of faith can keep you calm in a crisis because you know God has a plan. God has a plan. I, I, my work believes in sending me into doing new things and stretching. And I was due to be um, speaking somewhere and I had a knot in my tummy. I was really, really nervous the night before. And just a word came. And it was just a simple word. I'm in your tomorrow. I'm in your tomorrow. I go before you. And it, it was amazing in my body. I felt totally different. I felt peace. The knot in my tummy just went. I had total confidence that he was with me. So it affects your emotions. It can keep you calm in a crisis. It fills you with hope and peace, joy and peace in believing. And in Mark 4.40, we see this as well, the effect on our emotions. Mark 4.40, Jesus said to the disciples, I believe it was another storm. Mark 4. Yeah. Disciples were on the boat and there was a storm and Jesus was on the boat. They were panicking. They were panicking. It was a furious squall. Waves were breaking over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. I guess it, you would be panicking a wee bit yourself. Jesus was in the, the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was totally calm. But Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? They were panicking. Faith can keep you calm in the middle of a storm. In the middle of the storm of your life, faith can come in and just settle you and keep you calm. Are you in a storm today? With Jesus in your boat, and then be calm. It's okay because He's got a plan. God is on the boat, you're okay. He's with you in your storm. In Isaiah 30 15, the people of God had a choice. They could trust God. They could believe God or they could try and sort things out themselves. Verse 30, 
chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Sadly, the next line says, but you would have none of it. You wanted to sort it out yourself. You wouldn't wait on God. You see, sometimes if we if we're going to believe God, we, we have to wait on him. In repentance and rest, in quietness and trust is your strength. In the margin of my Bible, I've written, Lord, I'm quietly confident. I'm quietly confident in you. He will come through. Just wait for him. Try and sort it out yourself. Faith seems harder when we, we, we're used to wanting to do something. Let's be quietly confident in him. Oh Lord, I want great faith. I want great faith and I want great faith in this church. And as I've prayed that and been on this journey, every time I seem to be speaking here, I've been on a journey myself. And as I've been on this journey of praying for great faith, I've tried to find books on faith, but God has kept turning me back to the word and reminding me of who he is. And what I've learned is that we're not to focus on the faith, not to look at what size our faith is. I wonder, is it growing? I wonder, is it just still a teeny tiny seed of a faith? Is it growing? And just like a seed of a plant, if we keep poking around the seed and looking at it and saying, is it growing? Is it starting to germinate? Um, well, actually, probably there'll be more of a, a distraction. So let, let the seed sit and and. <laughs> concentrate on looking at the size of God not, not the size of your faith so don't focus on the faith focus on who he is keep looking God has said to me keep looking to who I am and this is why I've been on the journey of creation creation speaks because look what creation says about God he is Lord of creation look at his glory and creation the detail the beauty Look what he did, he made, he spoke, and it was. This is a God who brings something out of nothing. There is no one like him. Every detail, the glory in creation is just astounding. And what he's been bringing me to is the fact that, yes, there are other powers, but he is the highest power of all, that he is the most high God. He is sovereign Lord. He's God over all. Everything is under his feet. He is victorious and he is king. He is risen and he is alive and he is very active in each of our lives. And he sees all things and he knows all things. He is a massive God. He is massive. And I've got my red pen and began to just underline and highlight all the places where I see that God is massive. That he is sovereign. That he is in absolute control. So the red pen has been busy because it's all through, all through the Bible. And get a notebook and I've begun just to write out all those um, verses where we see that he is mighty and that he is powerful. And we see the stuff that he has done, how he made a way in the wilderness, how he parted the Red Sea. Just his ways, his ways, his sovereignty, his character, his character. The way he acts, he's faithful. He is true to his word. He's awesome. He's just awesome. So let's take our eyes off 
our faith and stop worrying about our faith and let's keep our eyes on how massive our God is and let's know his ways. In Hebrews 3, there's a, there's a warning against unbelief. So unbelief is faith, is believe in God. Unbelief is the opposite of that. In Hebrews 3, starting at verse 7 there, there's a warning against unbelief. Unbelief is toxic. It's very, very dangerous and it limits God. And it says um, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. It's from verse 15. It says, who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all who Moses led out of Egypt? And with who was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who had sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? You see, they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. How sad is that verse? They were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Unbelief robs us of so much, it limits God. It robs us of joy and peace. Causes us to miss out on so much. In Numbers, it actually says that their carcasses died in the wilderness. And we can be left and leave ourselves in some sort of wilderness as well, when God has so much more for us. So much more. And actually, it says further up, it says in verse 10 of chapter 3 there, it says, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. And we used to read it in the Church of Ireland. They do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. So not knowing God's ways cause you to make a mistake, an error in your heart. It's toxic. But knowing his ways is a, a key to beginning to believe him. Knowing what he is like. You can't work faith up and um, pretend you have faith you know looking in the mirror and going I believe I believe I believe I do believe I do believe but you don't believe in your heart you can't fake belief you know you can't fake faith and um, I, I whenever I was a little girl I know this is really silly Rich and I were laughing at this the other day um, is that uh, I really wanted a maypole, a maypole, I don't know why I wanted it, <laughs> and I used to pray for a maypole, <laughs> and I remember one night saying, I just, Lord, please give me this maypole, and I believed, I believed that God was going to give me this maypole, and I went, and I checked the following morning, and I, I was nearly afraid to peep out, because I really believed that God was going to give it to me, and I looked out, and there was no maple in the garden, and I was got it, I was got it. Um, but my, the problem is that you, faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the utterance of God, the spoken word of God. And God hadn't told me to pray for a maple. That was, that was my own desires, <laughs> strange. Um, actually, I never got it, but 
He is. <laughs> yeah. The key is that we need to hear God first. We need to hear God first. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the utterance of, of Christ. So let's go to Romans 10. So faith comes. You can't work it up. <laughs> you can't pretend. It comes. It comes. It's of grace. It's of grace. <laughs> faith comes from hearing. And hearing comes from the rhema, which isn't the logos, the written word. It's actually the utterance, the spoken word of Christ, which, yes, it will never, it will never be contradicted by the, the written word. It will never contradict the written word of God. And the more you fill yourself with the written word of God, the more that you hear him. But if you want faith to increase, you want your faith to grow, then you've got to listen. You've got to hear him. Get into a place where you can hear him. Look for him. In the words of John, a book by John Ortberg, he's closer than you think. He's closer than you think. And this is where the challenge comes in, because I don't know about you, but my mind can be so busy and so cluttered at times. And we can be so cluttered that we can't hear his voice. Is there quiet or is there space in your life or is there noise? Have you ever noticed when you're on your phone and someone's trying to talk to you, you're hearing bits and pieces, but you can't, you know, suddenly you miss something? Um, you know, I told you about that earlier. I didn't hear you. Um, so we, if we're too preoccupied, we can tune out. We can tune out the voices around us, and we need to be listening for His voice, and then remembering what He has said. Write it down. Keep reminding yourself. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Do you remember when Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water? He had heard God. He had heard Jesus and he was coming, walking on the water. Then he started to look around and he noticed, uh-oh, common sense will always say, don't walk on water, don't do it. And common sense can come in and all of a sudden you're like, ah, panicking. You took your eyes off Jesus and you've forgotten that he called you, that he told you to do that thing. Keep your eyes on him and remind yourself. And the, vo the voice of doubt could come from your own thoughts or even a well-meaning person who is just looking with the natural eyes. Because don't forget, faith is not by sight. It's not by sight. So it's always going to be maybe a wee bit scary because we can't see it. You know, whenever I was coming out of my career in dentistry, several people said, you know, a great career, giving up a good career and all that studying. And, but I knew that God was calling me out of it. I knew. So I knew it would be okay. And some people said, how will you pay your bills? What will you do? But let me just say, God has looked after us and he has been faithful. And whenever you follow him, he will take care of the details. And be around people who believe God. That atmosphere of faith is so powerful. So look for him in everything. 
If you look for him in everything, you will see him. Use the eyes of your heart. Did you know your heart has eyes? <laughs> your heart has eyes. Remember in school, um, whenever Rach, was it Claire? One of the teachers told the class that she had eyes on the back of her head. And the problem was that Rach came home and said, Mrs. Bentley has eyes in the back of her head. And our Sarah then actually really, really thought that Mrs. Bentley had eyes in the back of her head. And she said to Samuel, uh, I heard her saying to Samuel one day, Mrs. Bentley actually has eyes in the back of her head. <laughs> so our, we actually have eyes in our heart eyes in our heart and that's why I've been praying this week for the eyes of your heart and the eyes of my heart to be enlightened to be opened mm -hmm. so that we will see what the eyes cannot see we will see what the natural eyes cannot see look for him in everything mm -hmm. Ephesians 1 verse 18 and 19 it says I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know that you might know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people that's you and his incomparably great power for us who believe his power for us who believe no wonder satan doesn't want us to believe no wonder this is a destructive lifestyle because there is an incomparably great power if we believe. Mm -hmm. And also we have an inheritance in his holy people. Mm -hmm. And part of that inheritance is the promises of God. Mm -hmm. We need to know what he promises his people. And I've began get my pink pen out, pink for promises. Mm -hmm. Samuel got me this lovely pen in the treasure box in school. And there is a lot of promises. <laughs> there is a lot of promises in the Bible. And they're actually for us. Those promises are for us. We, we can have faith in his promises. And again, this started with me going, Lord, Show me what to believe. Show me what to believe. Mm -hmm. And he's brought me back to his promises. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's a promise-keeping God. Mm -hmm. He's a promise-keeping God. And furthermore, all the promises, <laughs> mm -hmm. all the promises that God has made, they are yes and amen. Mm -hmm. They are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Second mm -hmm. Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 20. Have faith in his promises. So can you see why faith is a destructive lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Why a believer who believes is Satan's worst nightmare? Because <laughs> faith sees things happening. Faith wrecks all around it. Just read Hebrews 11. Do take a wee bit of time later on and have a look at Hebrews 11. Look at all the stuff that happened by faith. 
unbelief will limit God and unbelief is costly. Mm. Believing God takes all the limits off him. <laughs> if you want to see his power, then you believe God. That same power is working for us who believe. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So faith believes that God is who he says he is. Faith believes what God says is true and that includes his promises mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Underline those promises, write them out. Mm -hmm. They're for us. God has a plan for us. Mm -hmm. There is victory for us. There's freedom for us. There's peace available for us, joy and peace in believing. There's help available. You're never alone because he's promised he will never leave you or forsake you. He's also said if you seek him first, he'll take care of everything else. All these things will be added to you. There's joy, there's strength, there's blessing, there's answered prayer, there's everything you need for life and godliness, all yes and amen in Christ. Faith is so important for all the destructive lifestyles that have gone before. Because if we have faith that God is with us, by faith we know that he empowers us to live a holy life, because he says he will. He says that all things pertaining to life and godliness are ours. Mm -hmm. By faith we can advance, because he's the waymaker. And he goes before and he makes a way in the wilderness. And he's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. By faith we can forgive because we have a God who sees. He sees and we have a God who, who is a God of justice. He exercises justice on earth. And we can live a life of sacrifice because we know that he honours those who honour him. He honours those who honour him. So let's believe God. Let's believe God. Amen. David, will you pray?